as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! Welcome back, guys, to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 88. We're getting so close, so close to that 100th episode. I'm hoping to have something special for it. I don't know if it's going to pull through, but hopefully we'll have something special for the 100th episode here very, very, very shortly. But we've got some news to talk about. Um, We've got some things that have changed in the Sea of Thieves that we need to look at and uh, some community reactions to those things that are changing and some other news and and notes and highlights and stuff like that that I want to get into uh, from the last week in the Sea of Thieves. But first, let us thank the wonderful, the glorious, the notorious patrons. I want to welcome our newest patron this week, we have Blade X Life. Thank you very much for joining the illustrious uh, patrons uh, this week. I appreciate it. And of course, also thank you to the other patrons and your ongoing support for my content. That's Jack Bull, Skamelt666, Lane, and Regis Stella. Thank you very much, each and every one of you, for continuing to support my content through the Patreon. If you are interested in supporting the content, specifically this podcast, head over to patreon.com slash TV and check out all the tiers starting at $1 and going up, and each tier gets you exclusive cool loot and things, including myself reading your name off on the podcast and other content uh, when those hit the YouTubes, along with uh, you get uh, some some cool perks. Uh, I know we've got some T-shirts coming up to send out. Uh, we've got some uh, holiday cards to send out. Uh, but most importantly, I like to say thank you to each and every one of you. So thank you very much, everyone. And let's get into the news. So the Halloween event is about to start to, to kick off and, and hit the Sea of Thieves. Not quite sure what this trick uh, trick or treat event is going to be. Um, usually around this time, we have the Festival of the Damned. Uh, that's usually been a reoccurring thing. But uh, with Sea of Thieves moving towards, you know, the adventures and trying to keep uh, content more fresh uh, and, you know, fending off all of us people who, who talk about their reused, recycled content content all the time, me namely, Um, we have got a new event coming out called Trick or Treat. Now, that's not to say uh, that it's not going to be reused content with a different name. We don't know that yet. Uh, I'm hoping it's something a little different. I um, I hope it's going to be something we've not seen before or done before. Uh, It is going to be, um, from what we've seen, a community-driven event. So it sounds like there's going to be some sort of community unlock that we'll be able to get. Uh, And it sounds like there's going to be a title attached to it, um, rewards, um, and a cosmetic of a hat. So look forward to that. That is this weekend, Halloween week. 
weekend. Uh, it kicks off on the 28th of uh, of, uh, of October and goes through, I believe, the 1st of November. So you'll have one whole weekend uh, to do as much of the event as you can. On top of that, uh, we also have Emporium sales going on. Um, if you're in my Discord, I uh, I posted all the upcoming things to make sure uh, uh, folks in my Discord are, um, are are knowledgeable of it, including the link to the uh, the the tricksters and treaters uh, information on Sea of Thieves website, uh, and then also the Tavern of Terror live stream, which will happen on the 28th. So if you're listening to this, I hope you enjoyed the live stream. Uh, I know I'm going to be watching it. There's going to be Twitch drops involved. I don't know if it's items or gold or what they're going to do. Um, we'll find out, I guess, the day of. They haven't released any of that. And also giveaways. Again, I don't know what those giveaways are. A lot of times it's a it's a Obsidian six-pack or a capstan or something like that. Um, I know they've just came out with the new uh, Creator Crew uh, uh, six-pack or whatever it's called. It's the I guess it's a four-pack. It's the weapon set for the, uh, the guild. Phoenix weapons. I know uh, a lot of streamers have been given those out, so it could be that. I don't know. They haven't really released any of that information. Uh, but if you're listening to this, you're most likely too late for it. It's already happened. So I hope you tuned in and, and got your drops and got your uh, a chance to uh, to get into the, the giveaway. The Emporium is also going to have a lot of old school and new school Halloween themed items and sales. So if there's things that uh, you want, the, the, the costumes or the weapons, Weapons. Those have been on the Emporium. I know they were on the Emporium uh, this week, uh, but they should be on sale this weekend uh, over Halloween weekend during the uh, the in-game trick-or-treat event. Um, you should be able to also get um, um, some sales on the Emporium if you're looking to pick up any of those Halloween-y themed items. Uh, coming up next week, um, between November uh, the 4th and November the 6th, you will have another round of Twitch drops available to you on any of your partnered Sea of Thieves streamers. You will need to watch one hour per drop and claim the drops after you get them in the hour to start working on the next drop. And these will be the Eastern Winds Sapphire uh, instruments. So you'll get the banjo, the concertina, the drum, and the hurdy-gurdy. And again, that's four hours on a partnered Sea of Thieves streamer. Um, one hour per item. Claim it in between. Uh, make sure you go over to seaofthieves.com slash twitch dash drops and make sure your correct Sea of Thieves and Xbox account is linked so you can get these rewards on your account. Uh, the pictures that I've seen um, the partners start to post out look really cool. It's an orange and black set, so very Halloween-y. Um, but it is, of course, of the... Um, the Eastern wind style with the dragon on it and things like that. They look really cool. Not my style, uh, but I know a lot of people like these kind of things. <clears throat> the roar by the time this is out has been reignited. The roar has been reignited as we say goodbye to the Herald of Flame adventure. It is gone. It is done. I hope you enjoyed it. I know there were a lot of issues like we talked about last week with this particular event. Um, I hope, again, they learn from this. I think they had the... I think they had overall the correct equation and the correct um, information 
As far as lore, they had the uh, correct engagement as far as fighting. Um, Obviously, if you want to check out my review or rating of that adventure, check out last episode. Um, I go through all the criteria that I created to to rate these adventures going forward. Um, I think it's the best adventure they've done so far, but it wasn't perfect. Um, But like I said, it's the best adventure, in my opinion, they've done so far. And I hope they continue to refine and, and learn from this one's specifically um like i said i think they have the right equation they just have to refine it a little bit and thank you for everyone who dropped me some sort of message uh in the youtube comments or discord or twitter uh and talked about the criteria i think a lot of people were in agreement uh that the criteria i came up with uh is very fair and good um it allows me to put a score um on there based on my experience um, and it also, um, uh, you know, it keeps all my reviews relatively the same for the adventure. So we're all looking at the same uh, rubric or the criteria. I think that's important uh, up till now. It's just obviously off the cuff me talking about it and it's not actually defined as far as scores and stuff. So I think this is going to be good going forward. And I appreciate um, the folks who provided feedback as far as things that they might want to see added to the rubric. I'm definitely going to take that into consideration with the next adventure. Uh, to see if those particular items um, we should add to the rubric. So I'll look into those. But again, I appreciate all the folks dropping me feedback on that. And overall, I think everyone uh, thought it was fair and thought it was uh, good. They might not necessarily agree with my score, uh, but they thought the overall rubric was good. So that's uh, that's a positive. Unfortunately, unfortunately, as we said goodbye to the Herald of Flame, um, Sea of Thieves hit a major road bump. Major road bump saying goodbye to uh, the the Herald of Flame. Obviously, there was a lot of things in the background that had to be set for the Herald of Flame to work, namely the entire roar being turned off. We all know that world events uh, struggle when these adventures go on, especially um, adventures that impact different features of the world, um, such as Megalodons and, and all that stuff. Um, and, and Herald of Flame was was no different. Um, there was issues with Ash and Winds not spawning and things like that. Um, I know when I sailed, there was still Fort of Fortunes uh, fleets and um, that kind of stuff. Megs pop up, uh, but the Ashen Lords don't seem to be popping up. So there's always been an issue with when they do some sort of adventure um, w- with that kind of story-driven piece of adven- uh, adventure that's limited time. They, um, they they do have issues with some of their world events. So that is to be expected. I know for some folks out there who are trying to grind out those particular world events, I know it can be frustrating, but thankfully it's only a limited time that we have to deal with that. Unfortunately, though, as we said goodbye to Herald of Flame, a plethora of issues and bugs reared their heads to a point that Sea of Thieves uh, support was tweeting like mad to try to um, to try to keep people informed, trying to keep people um, up to speed that they are working on things. Um, I, I'm I'm just quickly looking at um, at at the 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 tweets right now um, from earlier this week when when that happened on uh, looks like a Tuesday or, or Wednesday uh, as that event um, started to go down. Uh, the team is aware of current multiple issues in the game. We are investigating it. Um, you know, it, it, it goes on to say, you know, um, 
multiple, multiple tweets of we know there are issues. We're working on them. We're continuing to um, uh, work on them. You know, people are reporting everything from servers aren't being uh, aren't letting them in um, to to let me see here. I've got my list here of everything that I saw. Um, let's see here. Captain ships disabled. Voyages won't purchase. Unable to buy storage crates, wood crates, cannonball crates. Uh, voyages on the table voted on. The begin um, uh, thing pops up at the b- b- the bottom, but you get no pages. So though the venture says it's or the the voyages says it's begun, there is nothing there uh, for you to actually act on. Um, the other thing that, that was being reported was that though the roar was back on every Island that has a volcano was in a constant state of earthquake. So all the islands that were, um, that were, that were volcanic are just sitting there shaking the entire time. So see if thieves definitely had a, a rough patch here with Herald of flame going dormant and the volcanoes becoming active again, uh, definitely caused a lot of issues across the seas. I'm not quite sure what on the back end, all those things have in common. Um, but as we've seen multiple, multiple times, of course, the history of sea of thieves, the code that they have is so intertwined. It is so spaghetti that you're not quite sure where one thing, um, one thing is, and the other one ends and the next one begins. We're, we're, a lot of times we're not quite sure of that. So <clears throat> it is, it is unfortunate <clears throat> and it's really, in my opinion, unacceptable that rare continues to have these. They're supposed to be able to flip these things on and off. That's how it was designed. That's how they talk about it. But the on and off switch though in the past seems to be relatively clean, um, not anything to this extent. Um, so I'm not sure if, if the max magnitude of this particular adventure caused a lot of issues. Obviously it caused a lot of bugs or brought bugs to the surface, or maybe not all the switches got flipped. I'm not sure, but it is very clear that though it was time to turn off the Herald of Flame, the game was not in a place to turn off Herald of Flame. They had to make a lot of uh, a lot of in the moment patching to Herald of Flame because of the rewards and the deeds and things like that. So who knows what type of more spaghetti entwined that they introduced trying to quickly fix their limited time adventure. Um, but in doing so, it appears they broke a lot of things. Now, I have not been in the game uh, since Herald of uh, Herald of Flame has been turned off and all these issues have been reported and the support team is on high alert craziness right now trying to get it all resolved um, or at least trying to communicate to all of us where the status of the developers and um, uh, resolving it is. I, I just, a man, over this past year, over this past two years, that support team, that, that customer support team of Rare, they have taken a beating, uh, both with, you know, this, these poor, um, these poor patches, these bad, um, you know, flipping of one event to another, they've been taking a beating because at the end of the day, I understand the developers want this to be good. I understand, you know, Mike and Joe and all those folks at the, the high end leadership wants this to be good, but it hasn't been good. We've had a lot of issues, a lot of bugs over the course of this year. And this is just sums it up of just really rough and who takes the beating who gets all the tickets, who gets all that extra workload, just like a tsunami on top of their head. That is the customer support team. 
And I understand players are very frustrated. And I've been in customer support and, and, and IT and technical support for most of my career. So I know how rough it is when things are outside of your control and you're just playing damage control. I understand that. I've had people yell at me, curse at me, threaten me. I've had it all. I've seen it all. I, I get it. I They're great at their job as far as the customer support team, but they are taking a lot of beating because of the poor development going on right now and the poor QA going on when they're doing some of these patches and, and, and updates and maintenance and things like that. It's just really, really hammering. So I hope the leadership team at Rare, specifically the executives leading that amazing customer support team, are sitting down with Mike and Joe and the developers saying, look, we cannot continue this. We cannot continue to provide a poor experience with our players where our team gets absolutely smashed because your team's not doing your job. If you know, this is a business at the end of the day, I know it's the game that we love and and everything. This is a business to them. And they have executives that have to answer to different metrics and different teams. And, you know, they've got, you know, team members that get frustrated of being overworked and leave. It's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a business, right? So I hope that those conversations are happening. And obviously Joe and Mike and all those folks are seeing how the players are reacting to the different things, either positively or negatively. Um, but sometimes it takes internal partners to also be going off because, you know, players are always going to have their opinions. I know I have strong opinions that people don't agree with. I know other content creators have opinions that people don't agree with. We have opinions that people do agree with. At the end of the day, the the team leading Sea of Thieves and the team over at Rare are making decisions that they feel is best for the game. They know that not every decision is going to be welcomed in by players with cannon fire and and fireworks and drinks all around and yay, happy time. They know that. They have a history that if they don't know that by now, they've been living under a rock for all these years. They know that they have a lot of major issues still in this game to hammer out that they have not hammered out in years. They know that. They see it every single day. If they're on social media and at all following Sea of Thieves on social media, they know, they know the path in front of them. They know it's a uphill battle. They get it. But they also put out a lot of good stuff too. I mean, like I said, Herald of Flame was a really good adventure. I hope they continue in that style. But they also now have hurt Herald of Flame, even though it wasn't the adventure's fault. Turning off the adventure has caused at least what it appears to be a good 24 hours of absolute frustration and hell for the customer support team. Now, what I will say, I understand players are frustrated and I understand players are frustrated at rare over this kind of stuff, but you can't take it out on the customer support team. And I know that just sounds cliche, but seriously, don't be a Karen. Don't sit there and yell, I'm not opening another support ticket because of your game being broken. Okay, then don't open a support ticket. It won't get fixed. Done. All right? Don't bitch about something and then don't follow the process to fix it. I will sit here and I will critique and I will give praise wherever it needs to be done to rare. But also at the end of the day, I'm going to call out any player I see on Twitter and their bullshit when they sit here and yell and scream and whine and cry at customer support because customer support is trying to help them out. 
And then when customer supports ask you to, to open a ticket, and you're like, I'm not opening another ticket. This game's broken. This game's garbage. This game's trash. You just look like a whining child. They're asking you to create a ticket because that's a tracking mechanism. Okay. I work daily in a ticketing software and I deal with people complaining about issues, but never calling them in. You know what happens? The teams who work on fixing things, software, hardware, whatever it is, they're going to work on the hot button issues. Okay. That's what they're working on. They're working on the new stuff. But when it comes to teams who are working on cleaning stuff up, they're working on the hot button issues. You know what drives hot button issues? Number of tickets, ticket volume coming in, issues that are all linked together coming in. So if customer support asks you to open a ticket, open a damn ticket, because that means that's one more vote, if you will, to tell the developers to fix that particular thing, that particular thing, that particular issue, whatever, you know? Obviously, we all know there's plenty of tickets out there for hit reg and all that stuff. They know that's an issue. They're they're working on resolving it, so they say, and they've got some fixes and insiders that they're testing. Okay, but when it comes to these these like momentary bits of time where we're like having issues with unable to buy storage crates or voyages won't purchase or voyages are not on the table or you can't log in because you're getting a beard error or whatever, open that ticket. Because the more tickets that are open, the more they're going to see a trend line that they can then provide up to the development team and say, hey, look, we've seen an influx of 100%, 90%, 50%, 110%, 300% on this particular issue that's all linked. We may want to spend some time to fix that. That's why it's important. Don't bitch on Twitter. You know how much of a child you look like when you bitch on Twitter about customer support telling you to open a ticket so they can work on fixing your issue? Jesus. It's absolutely asinine. Though Rare does need to clean up this development. They really do. They had a great adventure, and then it had to be, again, I'm going to try very hard not to taint Herald of Flame because of the aftermath, because that wasn't the adventure that I had a bad experience with. It was rare flipping the adventure off and adventure back on. So I'm going to try very hard. And you all know how hard that is for me to not blame the adventure. I already gave it its grade. I'm going to try not to blame the adventure and take away from a good adventure because of the poorness of turning the adventure off. So I hope those of you out there, um, if you did experience some of these issues, I hope they weren't long. I hope they weren't too painful. Um, and I hope things get cleaned up for the Halloween event this weekend, since it is a very limited time event, only a couple days instead of, you know, two weeks. Um, I hope that's clean. I hope it's, it's, it's nice. I hope people don't have too many issues with it and can really enjoy the, the, I'm going to put it in air quotes, holiday weekend on the seas and enjoy a little trick or treating however they decide to to roll that out <clears throat> the next thing i want to dive into and i had a feeling that this would start happening i have a feeling that this was going to start to occur and i have a feeling it's the start of a very large bitch fest that is about to hit the social media channels about sea of thieves 
We know that season eight is going to be the season of PvP. Will they fix hit reg in this season? Who knows? We don't know what all the features are that are going to be in season eight or all the fixes that are going to come out in season eight. We will know soon enough, but we're not there yet. But we know this 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 new way to play focused around PvP in our adventure world um, is going to cause a lot of folks a lot of heartburn and a lot of issues because as I've stated before, Sea of Thieves is three different groups. You have the far PVPers where PVP is king and anyone who doesn't uh, to doesn't take partake in, in PVP are a bunch of a, a bunch of nannies, bunch of sissies, bunch of idiots, bunch of cowards, bunch of whatever. And then you have the opposite side where you've got the PVEers that say anyone who's not just PVEing and who wants to fight and steal and and all that stuff are just toxic idiots, awful people. And then you have the majority of us who are right in between that understand that it's a PVEVP game. That's what we love about it. We understand that sometimes you get sunk, sometimes you get beat. PVP is part of the game. Gold is an infinite resource and though it sucks to lose treasure, it's part of the game. And that's the majority of people. Unfortunately, that majority, that's not the vocal majority that we see on um on Twitter, on Reddit. You see the two sides. You see the two battling sides, the PVPers versus the PVEers. And this week, <clears throat> a tweet uh, was sent out by one of the CFD's partners who is an amazing content creator, Fuzzy Bond. Um, and this was, I don't know if this was a message that they received or a YouTube comment they received, um, but I'm going to read it to you real quick. Um, and, and, and I'm going to read it as it's typed. So yes, there are going to be some interesting word choices here. So a very, very easy fix to all of this is simple. This is referring to, again, PvP in Sea of Thieves. Allow PvE servers with reduced payouts. This solves the problem. Just not in a baby seal clubbing way the streamers want. When you load into a game, you choose PvE. That makes less gold and rep or PvP that would pay way more. This would separate the toxic people onto their own servers where everyone wants to PvP, giving them the good, G-U-D, fights they claim to want. Make no mistake, streamers and YouTubers are only in it for the money. <laughs> Why 95 seconds of a 570-second video? This person, like, dove in. I don't know where they're coming up with these numbers. 16.4% of the video is paid advertisements. Well, yeah, that's their job. They've got to make a living. Views come with the popular content. Popular content for Sea of Thieves is being toxic and sinking others. So sinking others is toxic, ladies and gentlemen, in a PvP VE game. PvP is toxic. Half the game is toxic, apparently. The easiest people to sink are noobs and people that don't want to PvP, well, duh, they don't fight back. Of course, they're easy to sink. They're new players that don't fight back. Duh. These streamers are literally making money being as toxic as the sponsors allow and prey on the weak. This is this is like, I'm telling you, whoever, I, I wish that Fuzzy would have put their username as far as wherever on this because I'm pretty sure their username is like, 
Karen hates everything. This is the net. This, this is also great. So this person's talking about how toxic streamers are, right? Talking about how toxic a streamer and a YouTube is for taking part in, um, you know, half of the game, the PVP side of the game. This is the best part. So Vladimir, Vladimir fuzzy insulting fuzzy by, by putting Vladimir in front of him, insulting him. No, not you're talking about the problem with sea of thieves is toxic PVP people, but you're being toxic. Okay. How about you and Baghdad blurbs, another content creator again, toxic stop with the disinformation spin campaigns and the lies and support something that makes the community a better place. Well, so first off, if you've ever watched fuzzy's content, fuzzy's content does not lie, does not have spin campaigns. It's entertainment. He's not being paid by sea of thieves to make videos. You know, he might be a partner with them, which means he can't obviously, you know, break certain rules, but he's also not obligated to sit here and speak highly of their game. If there are problems and support something that makes the community a better place. Well, based on this person's readout that I just read you, that was the end of the, the, the tweet, by the way, they're talking about fuzzy and blurbs being toxic people because they PVP. And it goes to name calling, throwing out random statistics about people who make their living making content. And it's just this. This is what I'm talking about when I'm saying there's two different sides. There are toxic PVPers. And then there's people like this who are toxic PVEers blaming toxicity on PVP players, but are equally, if not more toxic. This does not reflect the views of the majority of Sea of Thieves players. Unfortunately, if you go onto Twitter, this is what you see constantly because that is the vocal majority of Sea of Thieves out there. You've got the amazing people making amazing content, both video and art, both pictures and drawings. And then you've got these... PVP people yelling that sea of thieves is too wimpy and they need to step up their game and players need to, to man up and fight more. And you've got the PVE players that are like everyone who PVPs is toxic because I don't want to fight you. And there's nothing rare can do about this. There's nothing rare can do about this. The sea of thieves community in general is a very good community. If you're looking at the entire population, but if you're looking at the population of the far PVP or far PVE, it's a toxic cesspool of people just yelling at each other, blurting out stupid statistics. Are there people out there who are blatantly breaking rules, throwing racial slurs, being racist, being sexist, being homophobic? Absolutely. That definitely exists out there. And a lot of them are now becoming vocal because they're finally getting caught and banned for rule breaking, either verbal abuse or cheating. 
There was another thing that went around out there in this past week where someone was caught cheating on stream, breaking the rules by using a 120 FOV. That is against the rules. That is manipulating the game and it's against the rules. And they were whining and complaining that they received a ban from rare for that. Hello. You can't defend yourself when you're literally streaming it that way. You can't have a post where you're talking about PVE servers and then you go off and criticize fuzzy and blurbs way of making their living, providing entertainment for people and call them names, but say the toxicity is coming from PV peers. Yes, there is. But that is also toxic. You are not solving the problem. You are not, in your words, making the community a better place. That post, wherever that is, I think it's a YouTube comment, that does not make the world, the, the community better. You are causing more issues in the community. Here, let me solve this problem. It's not going to fix the toxicity, so I'm not Jesus. I can't fix everything. I wish I could turn water into wine, but I can't. At the end of the day... This shit does not fix anything. You know what fixes it? Don't say anything. If you're angry about getting sunk, change servers. If you don't want to PVP, run. There are ways to outmaneuver a PVP player. Trust me, these PVP players, myself included, do not want to chase you for hours. If you're good at sailing, you can annoy them by running from them. Yes, someone may make fun of you. Yes, they are being toxic and wrong. Doesn't matter. That is your choice to set your sails properly, use superior naval abilities in a naval game, and get away. Gold is an infinite resource in this game. If you don't want to deal with PVP, if it causes you stress, anxiety, and lowers your quality of life, my suggestion, hit the escape button or whatever it is on your controller to pull up the menu and leave the server. Join another server and go back to getting your gold. Because guess what? Every server you can do another voyage. Is it annoying that you have to go do this? Yes, but if you're choosing not to take part in PvP, then you have to also understand that you're going to lose. You're going to lose that stuff. If you're not going to actively fight for your loot, if you're not going to actively learn to get better, if you're not going to work on getting better at PvP and you just don't want to PvP, then you have to come to the realization you are going to lose your loot. Log on to another server, take a break for the day, whatever, and come back and work on getting your loot again. On the flip side, PvP players. If you're beating someone, there's no need to teabag. There's no need to bucket their souls. There's no need to sit there and run, and run your shaft guzzler at the other players. If you're beating them, then beat them. Don't sit there and bucket them and keep them afloat while you take all their stuff. Just end them. Put holes in them, board them, kill them, sink them, move on. 
but I need supplies. My shit. Okay, go to an island and start looting it. You don't need to spawn camp to get supplies. Cannons, board, sink, move on. Don't open, don't open your guzzler. Don't do it. Do not open your guzzler. It is not necessary. It is not needed. Keep your mouth shut or give a GG's. This is not a rule out there. It's a rule that I follow. Don't sink tall tailors. If you can visibly see someone as a new player or someone is on a tall tail, don't sink them. New players, people on tall tails, don't put up an emissary unless you're willing to fight. Don't put loot on your ship unless you're willing to lose it. There's a lot of just common sense things that you can do in order to put yourself not in a position where you're frustrated because of PVP. Or that you're frustrated because someone's been running from you for an hour. Give up. Give up. So what? They've got a stacked Athena on them. So what? They have five Fort of the Dams on them. Okay. Well, they clearly don't want to fight you. So you have two choices. One, change servers. Go find another ship to chase down. Two, look like you're going away. Drop a rowboat and and set up a trap for them somewhere. So they can't run from your ship. They have to go to a cell place. And you set up a trap and you beat them there. Or just move on. Move on with your life. Don't sit there and run your mouth. Don't sit there and post on Twitter and put a video of how these guys are cowards and these guys are cowards and they need to learn to fight or go to a different game. Don't run your mouth. Stop it. Running your mouth does not do anything. It makes you look like an idiot. It makes you look like an absolute idiot when you sit there and you you do toxic things with your mouth towards other players or your actions. And then you go on Twitter and you start typing all this stupid asinine bullshit. You look like an idiot. Don't do it. Just don't do it. So to whoever posted this on, on one of Fuzzy's videos or whatever, you want to make the community a better place and you want to talk about PVPers being toxic, you're just as toxic as they are with a comment like this. You are not making the community a better place. You are making yourself look like an idiot. So congratulations, Captain Idiot. Okay. Now that the negative stuff's out of the way, I mean, I enjoy it, but now that the negative stuff's out of the way, let's take a look ahead. Let's take a look ahead. We have an adventure coming up. Yes, it's already time for the next adventure. This one is a fast turnaround. And this adventure is called Return of the Damned. Now, I have no idea what this adventure is. As I've said many times, and I'll continue to say, I do not play insiders. I do not, I do not, I do not play insiders. It's not what I do. I like to be surprised, and I like to experience things fresh. When it comes out, that's when I will experience it. So, I don't... Look at insiders. I have many insider friends. And whenever they ask if I am interested in knowing what's coming up, my answer is no. First off, they signed an NDA, so they can't talk to me about it anyways, even though I'm an insider. They shouldn't talk to me about it. But number two, number two, I want to be surprised. I don't want to know what is 
being built and then experience it after I've seen it in its different phases. I want to experience it from front to back and top to bottom. And it also gives me the opportunity to speculate. And now I will be the first to tell you my speculations are 99 times out of 100 completely wrong and just bad. Okay? So we're going to have fun with this one. And we're going to talk about what most likely is going to happen in my mind. And then we're also going to talk about some things I would like to see happen. Okay. So return of the damned is what it's called. And it's a really cool, uh, picture, uh, with like the, the damned green, like fading across return of the dam to the red. And we know it's going to be a choice, uh, community choice, um, um, adventure. So we know at the end of Herald of Flame that it was said Stitcher Jim's body was not found. He got away. And we also know that um, we don't know where Flameheart's body is either. Um, Pandragon screwed up again. Very classic. So theoretically, this is the final installment for this three-part set. Uh, and it should be the epic finale, right? Should be the finale. What is most likely going to occur is we are going to have the final showdown against Flameheart. That is what I would anticipate this going to be. The final uh, uh, door closing on Flameheart. Because I was concerned in Herald of Flame that that was going to be it. That was going to be the ending. And it didn't feel right to me that that was going to be the ending because it didn't feel epic. This 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 baddie has been around in Sea of Thieves for a very long time, and a baddie of that magnitude, um, a, a baddie of of a character who who in legend has basically ruled the Sea of Thieves before, um, was stopped and is now trying to do it again, that type of magnitude needs an epic ending. And though I know a lot of people out there are not a fan of Flameheart, I know there's a lot of people out there who who just want this story to be over. I think there is something to be said about having a good ending where the door is closed, the lock is, is turned, and everyone is satisfied that Flameheart is finally... Um, out of our lives and and off the storybooks uh, for at least the foresee of the future. As Mike Chapman has said, no one is th- 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 there is never a never when it comes to a character in Sea of Thieves dying or disappearing. Never say never. They can always come back. We saw it with the Gold Hoarder. We're anticipating it with DeMarco. There's been characters across Sea of Thieves, and, and Chapman always says never say never. So there's always a chance that Flameheart may come back. But I would like at least this part of the story to have a strong ending, shut the door, lock lock it, and just it can sit there for a couple years or whatever, maybe reintroduce him down the road with a new story. I don't know. So most likely, I feel like it's going to be some sort of big battle. Um, they, they said it was going to be a choice involved. So it's most likely there's going to be a choice around, um, you know, 
joining the pirate lord or maybe the pirate lord's at risk of dying or Pandragon's at the risk of dying or maybe it comes down to uh, um, you know Pandragon turning evil or Bell turning evil or or some sort of choice there because Mike Chapman said it was going to be gut, a gut-wrenching decision for the community involving involving some very critical characters in Sea of Thieves that the community loves. So I'm anticipating uh, potentially something uh, Bell-related or something um, uh, Pendragon-related. Um, I think those two characters would be uh, really high on the chopping block as far as something that would be gut-wrenching for the community. Now, what I would like to see happen and I've talked about this on stream um, to to a few people. Flameheart, in my opinion, has not been the greatest written character. I know we have a novel. I know we have the journal of Flameheart Jr. But in general, I don't feel like he's not like Emperor Palpatine from Star Wars. He's not like Lord Voldemort for Harry Potter, right? Those are iconic or, or Saruman or Sauron. Those are iconic villains, you know, written that way, strongly written. And I don't think Flameheart was strongly written. I think the gold hoarder was written worse. Um, but that's how it is. So what I would like to see is them setting up with the closure of the Flameheart door, because I am completely behind ending the Flameheart story here. But what I would like to see happen, the Flameheart story comes to a close and they begin to set up the next chapter of Sea of Thieves, the next villain group, the next villain. And what I really would like to see here is... The Dark Brethren. I know we just saw them, what, three adventures ago? But I was disappointed in that because I I didn't get a strong villain stance from them, right? They stood at the top of their, their, their damned sea dog tavern, and they just sent phantoms at you. It didn't feel like they gave a damn about having Merrick or not because they didn't really try. They just sent waves of phantoms at you. Like, why not have Wanda shooting cursed cannonballs at you? Duke setting traps for you. Amaranta getting down there with her cutlass and swinging at you. Like, show something that they actually have some sort of passion about what they're doing. So they've, in my mind, they had a good setup with the Dark Brethren in a pirate's life, and they set them up to be potentially written as really good villains. And then in the adventure, I feel like we pulled that back a little bit. It was a good setup, the adventure prior, where we found out where Merrick was. We found out that they had the ability through the Gold Hoarder skull to transfer back and forth. They had a great villainy setup. But then I think they wasted it and they brought those characters back as far as villains um, just with their just weak appearance um, in the adventure. So I think this is an opportunity um, for them to to write them uh, a stronger villain story and get the community involved. Because what if the choice here, what if the choice here is Flameheart is currently, we assume, in the Sea of the Damned, that's where his soul is, which is where the Dark Brethren is. So what if the choice here becomes joining the Dark Brethren to end Flameheart once and for all, 
or sticking with Bell, Pendragon, the Pirate Lord, whoever it might be, to solidify defenses or something like that in the Sea of Thieves. <clears throat> Somehow bringing into all of this the Dark Brethren, bringing them in, giving them kind of a an ability where you get behind them and you're like, yeah, we need to end Flameheart, we need to join the Dark Brethren, but then do a little double cross at the end. <laughs> or something where the Dark Brethren really show their true colors, really show they're going to be good villains, um, or maybe the Dark Brethren themselves break apart. Maybe Wanda is all about ending Flameheart, and maybe Duke is about, eh, I'm not quite sure if I'm going to want to end Flameheart here or not. They're doing a pretty good job. You know, or maybe it's Stitcher Jim, you know, in his new crazy form, and you have to choose between Wanda or Stitcher Jim. Or <clears throat> maybe it gets even worse, where you have to choose Wanda takes sides with, or Pendragon takes sides with Wanda, Bell takes sides with Stitcher Jim, and now you've got this two good guys that everyone loves that now they have to decide, well, do I join this team over here to do this, or do I join this team over here? They both have a bad guy that I don't like, but they also have good guys I do like. Like, see if Thieves can really rock the boat here and make a very interesting adventure with a very interesting community choice while setting up a good writing plot for the next villain. Better than the Gold Hoarder, better than Flameheart. They need to have something in there to really start hyping up a villain. Because, sure, we've got the Sovereign out there. We have the Grand Maritime Union out there somewhere. We've got the Captain somewhere out there. Yes, Baby Junior, uh, Flameheart's still out there. You know, he's at Reaper's Hideout, um, you know, with, with the change happening there at Reaper's Hideout. There's a lot of things that they could go from from here. But they've lo the Gold Hoarder's, a, you know, a lollipop. Uh, uh, Flameheart's currently trapped in, in the Sea of the Damned. And... It is the return of the damned. Well, let's see here. Who comes from the Sea of the Damned? You've got Bell. You have anyone in the Pirate Legend hideout, so the Pirate Lord, Merrick. You've got Pandragon. You've got the Ferryman. Those are popular characters. You have the Dark Brethren, all of them in the Sea of the Damned. They're not spirits, but they're in the Sea of the Damned. You've got Flameheart. There's a lot of options here for them to rock the boat as far as the storyline and to allow them to set the next big baddie up. I don't think it's time for the Grand Maritime Union yet. And though I would like to know who he is, and though I would love to see what they're going to do with him, I don't think it's time for the captain yet. I hope it's not time for those yet. We've got the Dark Brethren which I think there's still more to a couple of those characters than we know. And we've got Flameheart still. I want to see stories start to close before we start to really get into other things. So I think there's a lot of opportunity here. I would love to see the Dark Brethren split factions and we have to choose between a, a group that is good guy and bad guy. Um, and then, then you've got some good guy versus good guy and on their team's bad guy. You know, really divide up this concept that we have of good guys and bad guys. Mix the pot up a little bit. Confuse the the players a little bit on, on really making them think about what choice 
they're going to have to make in this. Make it meaningful. Obviously, whatever we do here is going to be world-impacting. Flameheart being gone, the Dark Brethren being gone, Flameheart resurrecting and taking over the world. We have so many things here. Uh, Flameheart breaking the veil, the Grand Maritime Union comes sailing in with the captain. There's so many opportunities here where we can set up the next bad guy that actually feels like a bad guy. The bad guys can't always lose, right? Then they're not good bad guys. The Joker in Batman, he gets some victories out there over Batman. He eventually loses, but you got to give the bad guy something. And Sea of Thieves, in my mind, has struggled to give the bad guy something. The bad guy is always on the back foot. Even with uh, these adventures and opportunities where they could they could do something where the bad guy actually beats us once and then we have to come back, it never happens that way. So I'd really like to see them just mix up the pot, give us something really good to stew on, and really make us think about this choice. I don't necessarily think the save Golden Sands, destroy Golden Sands, though the community was very divided on it, I don't think that was a very good choice. I don't think it was, right? You either love Golden Sands or you love the Reapers. That's kind of how it was. I want him to really make the players think, oh, do I like Pendragon or do I like Belmore? Ugh. Do I like the Pirate Lord or do I like Pendragon more? Oh, no, Bell's going to die if I don't join Wanda and Duke. Oh, you know, Mike Chapman says gut-wrenching. Well, I don't have much of a heart, as you all well know. I want Mike Chapman to reach in there like the Grinch at Christmas time and I want him to make my heart grow 10 sizes too big and actually make me feel something gut-wrenching here where I have to sit back and think, oh, shit, I don't know whose side I'm on here. And I have to really think before I make that choice. That's what my challenge is, and that's what I want to see. But I would like to see the Dark Brethren be reintroduced here um, and given a little bit more coconuts in their pants than they were in the last adventure. I really think they had a big miss with that. I really think that they really made the dark brethren look very weak in that adventure. And I think they're the next bad guys that we're going to have to deal with. So we really need the, the, the story team to pump them up, hype them up, do something, um, um, uh, to get them, you know, the big bad out there since we've dealt with Flameheart for so long. But I'm curious what you all think. Return of the Dam. There are so many characters that have been damned. Uh, I forgot, DeMarco, he's been damned, uh, but he was just damned recently, so I don't think we're going to deal with him. But you've got so many ghosts out there. You've got so many characters that are damned. What's the Return of the Damned? Who's coming back? And who do you, what do you think the choice is going to be? Do you think Flameheart ends here? Do you hope Flameheart ends here? Or is this an opportunity to bring Flameheart back and banish someone else? I'm curious what you all think. This adventure is a quick turnaround from our last one. Herald of Flame was very good, so I'm anxious to see where we go from here. So let me know in the comments. Hit me up on Twitter or Discord or in the email box. Let me know what you think Return of the Damned is going to bring 
And what do you think that choice is going to be or what you hope Return of the Dam will bring and what that choice is going to be? Make it big. Make it bold. And most None of our ideas are probably going to happen. None of our ideas are probably going to happen. But at least give it a go. What do you want to see and the direction you want to see Sea of Thieves take this? Guys, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy Trick or Treat. Get out on the seas. Have a good time. Get your hat and title or whatever it else it is. My streams will be a little off this weekend. It is the last weekend of the Renaissance Fair, and I'm going to go and enjoy it. Um, I'll probably post pictures and things like that on my social media, so check that out. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Take care of yourselves and each other. And for God's sake, don't be a Karen and don't be toxic out there. See you next week on Pirate Talk Radio.